Running costs, ladies and gentlemen, is the biggest expense of most cars. It's the biggest expense. And people don't see it because they've got the blinkers on, because they want to get the car. Look at me, everybody. And then they don't think for two seconds, and all of a sudden, you are fucked. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm excited for this one today. Guys, I'm going to help you out as much as I can with, if you're ever buying a car, what to look for. Okay, what to look for. Now, you're in pretty good hands here. Judging from a racing driver's point of view, I'll obviously know a bit, a couple of things to look out for. Like, the, I'm not going to give you the pointers in what car is going good at the moment and what this and that, but I'm going to give you sort of the, the backbone of what you should be looking for. So hopefully it's going to help, guys. And I think it will. Let's jump in. So number one. The number one thing I would do, guys, whether you're buying a new car or it's a second-hand car, even fucking third or fourth-hand car, okay? Number one, I would check. Because the last thing you want to do is get, get screwed. Number one is the mileage on the car. Now, look, many of you may know this, maybe not. You'd be, you'd be amazed, actually, how many people don't know this, the simple, the simple basic things. Number one, I would look at the, the mileage on the car. In other words, 10,000 miles per year is an average amount of mileage per car. So, if, you've got, if you're trying to buy a two-year-old car, what are you looking at? 20,000 miles. Simple as that. If you're looking at a four-year-old car, go at 40,000 miles. And I honestly, guys, I wouldn't be venturing off anywhere you know okay if it's if it's 10,500 11,000 maybe fair enough it's not the worst but i honestly guys i would always try and stick with that rule of thumb 10,000 miles per year per car that's it because you never know who was driving it because look even if you're buying like a 2 3 4 year old car you could be let's say like that's what like technically what they say is that if you're buying it off a woman, it's going to be less wear and tear. So that's technically speaking. Now, look, there's obviously some boy racers out there that are going to be, you know, trying to burn a hole in the clutch and trying to be a boy racer. Then there's guys who are going to be burning clutches. There's women who are going to be burning clutches too in cars. You see, so like my point is this. I'm not having to go off any gender here. I'm not. Because I'm actually having to go off men, if anything, here, mainly. The most important thing is, just because you're buying it off a woman, doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Just because you're buying it off a man, doesn't mean that he's going to be a boy racer. But, so that's why the 10,000 miles is always, it's, it's an in-between, so to speak. It's a safe gauge to say, okay, well look, I'm taking a risk buying a new car anyway, or a second or third year old car. So, you know what? Let's minimize the risk. 10,000 miles per year. That's what I'd be looking for. Okay, that's number one on the list. Number two on the list. This is a big one for me, guys. Cars that lock doors automatically when you get into them. This drives me insane. Guys... 
if you're driving a car and you jump into the car and look I know a lot of the the new cars and things like this they've a, they have a lot of these features now that they do automatically lock your car instantly when you jump in right a lot of them do here's what I would do reopen the car don't leave it locked here's why god forbid if you do get into an accident and let's say your car topples over. Look, I'm trying not to get it too graphic, but you know, I, I gotta, I gotta draw this out here. All right. Problem is, you get into a, let's say you're you're reversed, you're upside down in a car. Somebody tries to come along, they try and get you out of the car. They try and open the door. Automatically, the the door is locked. Guess what? Maybe the doors don't lock or open again because they were locked in the first place. Now what happens? You could be stuck in the car. Now, hopefully you'll be able to get the window open and you'll be able to get out, but this is a problem, guys. This is a fucking problem. Never. And I'm telling you guys, I would never, ever drive without with the, with the doors locked. It's not a good idea. Now, there's some people that will argue, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be getting robbed and stuff. When does this ever happen? That you're sitting on, on a, a street and all of a sudden somebody comes jumping up from behind, opens your door and tries to kick you out of the car. Seriously, wh- when does that ever happen? I'd rather take the risk of somebody doing that to me than actually be, <laughs> being stuck in a car. I genuinely would be, guys. I would much rather take that risk of somebody opening up my door trying to shove me out of the door out of the car on the middle of the street in front of everybody or god knows where than actually be upside down and somebody not be able to get me out of the car because god forbid what if you had a fire you know i don't want to get too graphic here guys i I don't you know but what if there fucking was a fire there's the point is this guys there's always a risk when you drive a car on the road there is. I mean, th- th- there is a risk. Now, it's a small risk and touch wood for all of us. But, you know, guys, we, we got to keep an eye on our safety here. And, and that's anyway. Look, for me, that's number two on the list. And that would be a big one for me. Um, now, look, maybe I'm too safety aware, but. That's just a stupid thing to say, really, being too safety aware. I mean, you can never be too safe in a car. And look, if anything racing's taught me as well, apart from, you know, trying to go fast and trying to set up cars and things like that, is that you do learn to be safe when you're a racing driver. So, look, guys, that would be my number two on the list. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully that helps. Okay, number three. Here's one for your fuel. You know those cars and jeeps that when you stop at the lights, the car shuts off? <laughs> the stupidest fucking invention I've ever seen in my life. And I'm, and I'm being serious, guys. It's the stupidest fucking invention. Well, one of the stupidest anyway. Guys, uh, like, I understand why people would actually go, Oh, well, you know, it's saving fuel and things like that. And, like, I understand why people would n- would would believe this i would be the same if i wasn't a race driver but guys actually what it's doing is every time you you restart the car it's burning fuel so actually you're burning more fuel 
it, w w unless it w if you were there, if you didn't actually have this this feature in your car, you're burning more fuel. Therefore, you're going through more petrol. And like, depending, like, I mean, if you're doing city driving here, guys, and you're stopping and starting and stopping and starting, stopping, starting, like, of course, that's where it's real wear and tear, right? For your for your fuel, burning an unbelievable amount. Now, look, if you're on a motorway all day and you're you're not stopping, you're just like in straight there back home. Well, then, you know, it's no big deal. But I would definitely look at that one, guys, because you'd be amazed how much how much you do burn. It's actually kind of like you're heating in your house. Now, they do say to people that what you should do is leave your heating on all day and then set the temperature to your house and then let it kick in on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off all day. Now, I understand that some people don't because they're like, oh my God, if it's on all day, it's going to be burning this and it's burning that. But actually, depending on your, like if you've got underfloor heating and if it's gas, like I do know that you can burn a lot more fuel. That, well, that's what they say. Anyway, you can burn a lot more fuel from stopping from, from zero all the way up to a certain temperature if you're doing that all the time. Whereas if you leave it on all the way through the year, it just constantly burns away at a at a, a normal consistent pace whether it's the it's the burning 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 trying to get up to a certain temperature that's what screws you so i think it's kind of like that you know can we see the comparison here i think so but so guys i would definitely solution turn it off in the car because you can turn it off in the car you can turn it off. There's there's a feature in your car that you can leave the car. So when you if you are doing city driving and the car shuts off, you can just press a button. Maybe I'm sure some of you know. Maybe you don't. There there should be a button in your car or your Jeep that literally leaves it on. Leave it on. You'll burn less fuel. Okay, number four on the list. If you're buying a second-hand, third, new car... Now, look, new cars, not as much of a problem. If you're buying a second or third-hand one, this... Now, look, maybe my order here isn't uh, isn't in priority here because this, this is probably the big one in your car. Guys, I would check your brakes and your handbrake. To me, that's a very, very important one for you because, look... If you get into an accident and you're starting to get into an accident and you're buying a second-hand car, third-hand car, what if they bled the brakes? What if they didn't do it right if they got a, or they had a problem with brakes before you, before you even bought the car? And all of a sudden, you get into the car and 10 miles down the road, they start to get really, really loose and spongy. That's not good. So I would definitely, if you're buying a car off someone else... They could be lying to you, number one, as we all know this. But number two, take it for a test drive. Check out the brakes and the handbrake. I would even stop on a hill, see if the handbrake keeps the car in position. Now, these are very, very important features, guys, for you. They, they can save your life. Now, I know some of the other ones can save your life, too. But, you know, these ones especially, like, brakes are a big one. It's very, very big one. And at the end of the day, your handbrake can be the... The backup of your brake, I know it's not going to stop everything, of course, but it can be a great backup. Especially if you're not going that quick. And you need to stop, you know, really quickly and you're you're doing a bit of a, a slow burn. And if you can think on the spot, boom, handbrake if your brakes go. Now, 
we're not talking about a racing car here, I know. So touch wood for anybody else out there that your brakes don't go in your car. And there should be a very, very small percentage that they do. But brakes are a big one. Okay. What are we moving on to next? So we've got the roll bar, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just having a sip of my tea here, guys. So this is number five on the list. Now, the roll bar, ladies and gents, in cars and Jeeps is the bar that sits in the middle of the the car between the front and the back seats. So do you know when you get into your car and let's say you're the driver and do you know the way you get into a car and there, there's, a, there's a side panel here between the passenger, the back of the passenger behind you and in front of you? That bar that's on your side, either your left or your right, that goes all the way up around, around the other side of the car, and that's a bar, an actual, an actual welded, molded bar into the car for your safety. What I would suggest to anyone with this, try and sit as close as you can to that bar, guys. Okay, try and sit as close as you can to that bar. Now, I know that some people out there, um, you can be very short, okay? You could be a very small person, fair enough. Now look, if your steering wheel and your and your uh, your pedals, if they don't come back for you, because you know the way you can adjust pedals and steering wheels, mainly steering wheels, but still, if you can't reach it, well look, okay, you can't reach. But ideally speaking, guys, you want to be sitting directly underneath that bar so in other words it's right next to your to your face right when you're driving if you even if you could see that bar out of the corner of your eye that would be the ideal place because it's just slightly positioned in front of you so that would be the ideal scenario so god forbid if you do get into an accident that will help It'll prevent the car crushing down on top of you or anybody else in the car. You're right underneath it, so you've got that safety. So roll bar, guys, is very, very important. And if you just try and sit as close as you can to that roll bar. Okay, moving on. What do we have next? Number six. So we're kind of getting into like the running costs now, right? So after you've purchased your car, what happens next? Now... Number six, guys, I mean, every one of these points that I'm calling out is is very, very important. One is almost as important as the other, right? Or if not, maybe more, maybe a little bit less, but they're all incredibly important to remember. Running costs are a big thing when it comes to cars, guys. Very, very big thing. The amount of people that have got, look, I'm not targeting anybody here, but let's be honest. There's a lot of people out there with big fucking egos and they have they want to have the big car, the big Jeep, and they're trying to impress somebody. God only knows who they're trying to impress. In fact, most of the time they're trying to impress people that they don't like. So they're trying to give somebody like the finger, you know? And who gives a shit at the end of the day? Do you know what I mean? Like if anything, if you've got a nice car, if anything, people aren't impressed. People are actually pissed off that you've got a nice car <laughs> or a nice Jeep. So look. You want to start buying a car because based on your ego, go ahead. If you like nice, comfortable cars, sure to. 
So there's obviously multiple reasons why people buy cars. I'm not having a go off people here, by the way, okay? I'm not. Genuinely, I'm not. But I do know that a lot of people do buy a car just simply because it's like, look at me, everybody, even though no one gives a damn. So their mission has failed already. So, guys, running costs is a massive thing. People don't realize this. I mean, I've seen people I know very close to me buy cars and they're, they're, they're broke after some things go wrong. I, I know people who've bought BMWs. Now, BMW, meant to be a great car, right? I mean, they are a good car. They just have... <laughs> they've got electrical problems a lot of the time. And, I mean, some of the bills that come in for some of these cars, guys, is just frightening. I mean, if anything, ideally speaking, I... Before you buy a car... Even a do, I would suggest, recommend, do a bit of homework. In other words, okay, guys, right. What are the kind of, if you're, let's say you're buying a, a BMW, right. I would even Google, do some research, right. What are the common problems with BMWs? Try and find out as much as you can. Okay, then if you find a problem, right. How much are parts for that problem? I mean, you could even go one better, call a BMW garage and ask them how much it is. Or unless maybe you're a warranty, fair enough. But all of a sudden, guys, you know, you could be a couple of grand out, throw in the labor too. Throw in labor, all of a sudden, you've got one hell of a bill. And all of a sudden, you're dipping into your credit card. I mean, guys, I would be looking at a car, ideally speaking, running costs between 10 to 20% of your wages every week. Is that a lot of money? I don't know. Maybe it is for you. Maybe you want to be investing that in your mortgage. Maybe you do. But, you know... There's so many people I've seen that have just get fucked over running costs. Running costs, ladies and gentlemen, is the biggest expense of most cars. It's the biggest expense. And people don't see it because they've got the blinkers on, because they want to get the car, look at me, everybody, and then they don't think for two seconds, and all of a sudden, you are fucked. You know, it, it's it's not good. It's not good. I've seen many people, and they, they sell their car all of a sudden, right? I've seen this so many times over the years. People have got a nice, beautiful car. All of a sudden, things go wrong with it, and guess what? They start selling it. Oh, I don't want it anymore. It's too, it's too big. It's this and it's that. And the amount of excuses that come out of their mouths is incredible. And you're like, wow. Wow, they're in denial. You know, guys, I, I would do your research check out parts in the cars what what's it gonna what's it gonna break down to call a garage ask ask people about them do they, ask other people do they have the same type of car if so what's the problem been 10 20 percent of your wage that's a lot of money but i mean you're even if you don't have problems at the start guys everything's going gravy perfect I would still factor in 10 to 20% because what if you do have a gun accident, touch wood, God forbid you don't? Or what if somebody hits into you, the insurance doesn't cover it, this and that? What if you do fail the, you know, an NCT here in Ireland? What if you do fail something else? What if this happens eventually? What if that happens eventually? You know what I mean? Just, it, there can be an endless bottomless pit of things go wrong with cars, guys. So I would always factor in 10, 20% of your wage every week 
even if you don't have problems because, well, save for your rainy day. Save for your rainy day. And guys, the one last thing, the last one on the list, and certainly not least, I would check your oil levels and your tire pressures every month, once a month. Now, I would suggest maybe putting in a reminder on your phone. You know, it goes off, let's let's say example now, it goes off on the first, first day of each month, right? Check oil and tire pressures. Now, you can pop into any garage, check your tire pressures, easy, easily done. Guys, if you don't know how to do it, it's very easy. Just check it out YouTube. I mean, it's, it's so simple, you know, and I, I definitely would do this because a healthy car can prolong a lot of time. It's like stitching time saves nine. A stitch in time can save nine. So keep the car healthy. That's a good thing. Now, I would check that out on YouTube, how to do tire pressures if you don't know how to do it. And ideally speaking, guys, if you've got a car, you know what? We'll go with car for now. Some cars are different and tire pressures would be different. But you know what? Generally speaking, for any type of road car, if you've got 40 pounds of pressure in the front, 42 pounds of pressure in the back, you're good to go. Some people can argue with me, guys, on that one. And you know what? Fine. No problem. But, you know, honestly, like, you're, you're not in, in a race car. You, you, you're, you're not in a, a drift car here. You don't need to have the ultimate top performance uh, tire pressures here. I would, generally speaking, I would go with 40 in the front, 42 in the back. That's a good average solid pressure, guys. That should keep you, keep you going. It should keep you going with no problems. And I would definitely check it once a month. Now, checking your oil in the engine. Now, look, I would YouTube that as well, guys, if you don't know how to do it. It's fairly easy. You know, you've got a dipstick in the front. You, you, you clean it off, put it in again, see what the measurement is. But look, you can YouTube that if you don't know. And I would definitely check that once a month, guys, as well. You know, checking your tire pressures and, and oil, it's kind of like getting a blood pressure and cholesterol check for your body once a month. I mean, can you imagine if you were doing that once a month, how good that would be? And honestly, guys, the reason why I would do it once a month is simply because a healthy car saves the stitch in time, saves nine, so to speak. So that's it, guys. Well, that's my um, that's my advice. And hopefully it does help you guys. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can check out online, which really can help guys to to, to go forward with a lot of things. And I mean, those are definitely now one to 10 points here. One to good, one to 10 good solid points, kind of the backbone of things. And it'll keep you covered from the mileage in your car, number one on the list there, all the way up to your tire pressures and oil pressure. And yeah, I hope it helps guys. And anybody's any questions, you can contact me at peter at thepeterwellshow.com. And Stay safe out in the road, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Peter. Wow. 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 Wow.